You're listening to a new episode of Suncast, the weekly series hosted by David Siegel that keeps you up to date on all the latest happenings with the Connecticut Sun. Hi, everybody. It's David Siegel, and I'm pleased to welcome you to another Connecticut Suncast. And we are nearing the end of the stretch run. There's only four games left for the Sun, currently holding the number two position overall in the seeds something that I know Coach Kurt Miller is looking forward to trying to maintain as he really needs to put in perspective for us himself what number two means. So it's a pleasure to welcome Coach Miller back to the Suncast. Kurt, how are you? Great, David. Uh, Always a pleasure to join you. Thank you very much. And let's just tell people what it's like how important not not even the fact because of the history of you guys and what's happened the last two years but just in general the the psychological advantage and what it does for the team and all to to have earned that second spot in the bye in the first round if that's possible yeah certainly the double bye uh in the new format is so coveted with the first and second seeds and uh being able to avoid a one and done game um is a luxury. So everybody knows the value of staying in the one or two spots. We've seen the history of this new format that um, the the seeds in the three or four holes haven't necessarily had great success in that second round one and done. So uh, we're always leery of that, and, and for sure us, we've had that happen to us a couple times. New York has ha- happened to have that, ironically, a couple times. And so um, and this year is um, no exception. Um, I feel maybe more than ever in my five years in the league that someone sitting in that five, six, seven, eight hole uh, truly could get hot at the right time of the year, and if they're healthy, make a run to a championship. I, I, I really believe it's that open. So um, the double buy is huge. Um, but I know all of us from top to bottom of the eight teams that are going to make the playoffs. Um, none of us fear, you know, being in the three or four spot or in that five through eight spot. That um, we're just gonna, you know, handle handle the matchups as they come and be prepared and, and give it our best shot. But uh, certainly, we know what's on the line to be able to advance immediately to the semifinals uh, if you stay in the one or two slot. You know, and so people look at the schedule and they see that, you know, of the four remaining games, you have only one team is in the playoffs, that being Chicago. But, you know, New York, Dallas, and Indiana have all had their moments where they've been exceptional. Indiana, especially right now, playing extremely well. So you really can't take any of these teams lightly. Absolutely, and everybody is playing for something different. Uh, I look at New York on paper, I watch them on film, and and just see how dangerous they can be. You know, great respect for Tina Charles, great respect for Kia Nurse. Uh, Bria Hartley is playing her best basketball over the last five and has really been on fire. And, and you know, they, they, at times they can get really, really hot from the three-point line with all their shooters. Um, and when Tina is Tina and you put all those shooters, so that you got that. You mentioned Indiana, the other road game that we have to end the season. Uh, they've looked. Um, fantastic the last couple games, and Tierra McCowan has looked like, um, you know, maybe the most dominant rookie, and that's saying something with how good a year Collier and Arike has had, but McCowan has been such a dominant force 
back-to-back games, and you know, so they're dangerous. And then you got home games, and Dallas is so athletic, and um, you know, can hurt you in so many different positions. And and then there's Chicago, and and we have had times uh, struggled to guard Vanderflute, who's kind of the master orchestrator there is in the league, and getting the ball to the people in the right time and the right place. So. All, all four games are really important to us, and all four games will be difficult. So the best approach, one at a time. You know, to put you on the spot a little bit, right now you're sitting two and a half games ahead of L.A. and Vegas uh, by percentage points in for the number two spot. I know you want to win them all, but how many do you think that you can win to keep that spot, or is that something that you don't even want to talk about? Well, again, our approach is one at a time, David, but it's hard not to peek at it. And, and you realize with the amount of games left with everybody else is we control our own destiny. So if we go 4-0 and or 3-1, and and I guess we should start there, if we go 3-1 and and end with 24 wins, no one can catch us from behind us right now. So at worst-case scenario, 3-1 and in these last four, you're guaranteed a top-two spot. So ultimately, that's asterisk. We can control that. We don't need any help anybody else. If we go two and two, um, we have um, an opportunity to stay ahead of both Chicago and Vegas. They can't get to 23 wins. Two and two would put us at 23. The problem is is that Los Angeles can get to 23 wins if we go two and two, and they hold our tiebreaker. So the scary part of only going two and two is if Los Angeles wins out, in their last three home games, their last three games of the regular season are at home, um, and they have won 11 or 12 straight home games. So you don't expect them to lose at home. So that that's a really scary proposition. That uh, if we only go two and two in these last four, um, a Los Angeles could catch us, and they they hold the tiebreaker and could bump us down to the three hole. Um, you know, if that if that was was to happen. So. Um, three and one, we take care of our own business. And if you get to two and two or worse, one and three or uh, an zero and four finish, anything can happen. We can still, we can't be any lower than five, and we're still playing for number one, obviously. Well, you know, the one plus, at least for our listeners, I'm sure that you know, Coach, but you know, LA does play those games at home, but at least uh, you know of their remaining games you know they start with Indiana who we already talked about and then they play at Vegas and they still have both Seattle and Minnesota as playoff teams and i'm sure that your friend Nikki Collin would love to take them out and help you out uh too so at least LA has a a pretty difficult schedule coming up well it's a short it's a short turnaround for games they also have the most games equaling the most games left in the league of anyone. Uh, a lot of us have four, or even Vegas only has three. With uh, L.A.'s got ten, uh, they got five games left and, and not a, a long period of time. So they're going to be playing a lot of games. But, again, um, we, can't, we can't, you know, control what they're going to do. All we can do is control ourselves, and three and one would get us in those top two spots. Well, talking about controlling what you can and doing what you have to do, uh, let's talk for a second about those last couple of games. You know, the game against Vegas was a playoff atmosphere at Mohegan Sun Arena, which was one of the most exciting games that I've seen in a long time. You know, they, it's not surprising that the team kind of ran out of gas a little bit in L.A. after that ridiculous turnaround. But to come back and 
go to into Seattle and just take it to them the way you guys did, you know, it, it, you got to feel good about the last few games and the way that's gone. It never even never mind all the game the games that you had been winning before that that was on that nice winning streak. Just those three. Focus on, please. Yeah, I thought uh, the Vegas game was as fun a game as we've been in, in in a long time. The the crowd, the atmosphere was fantastic. We knew what was on the line with that game and, and was the rubber match in the series. Um, they had recently gotten Wilson back to form uh, arguably, you know, the most talented, you know, front court um, is, is what everyone likes to talk to them about. And so to see uh, the way Alyssa Thomas played in that game, to see – you know, the subtle things that may not always show up on a stat sheet that Junkwell does um, against that talented front court was uh, was fantastic and just loved our fight, loved our uh, competitiveness. And and then, obviously, you know, the, the difficult travel to the West Coast, didn't uh, we knew was not going to allow us uh, any favors with Los Angeles. Uh, we traveled up to the Hartford Airport after that game. We checked into the hotel after 1 a.m., we're at the ticket counters at 4:30. Flew across country and had a short practice to prepare, and and I thought did a lot of good things. Um, uh, despite the game getting a little bit away from us in the third quarter, uh, third quarter which has been so good to us this year, uh, I really thought we competed. I thought we executed a, a lot of things that we were trying to accomplish. Um, you know, they were just better than us that night. They were. Uh, we we did we outran them. We had more second chance points. We scored more points in the paint. Uh, but their execution in the half court was special that night. We just couldn't find ways to disrupt them enough, and we came up short. But uh, to turn around and have the focus we did in Seattle, uh, I you know I I felt uh, a, a real professional uh, preparation by our team uh, in the short time that we flew up to Seattle. I think it helped walking into that locker room minutes before we took the court for the game and being able to share with them that three and four had already lost that night and five Chicago was on the ropes and, and ended up uh, did lose that night that we had a golden opportunity ahead of us that three, four, and five had all lost and we could you know gain a game if we found a way against Seattle. And we just came out with a workman's-like approach, uh, a little bit shaky, start uh, took an early time out we were down six the next thing you know i think we went on an eight or ten oh run immediately flipped the score and really never looked back after that we were just committed to getting the ball in the paint uh we played with a lot of energy and passion turned over another team again that that has really really talented offensive players and and so really proud it, it was a big win and and we knew you know, 20 minutes before the start of that game when we left the locker room, what had happened around the league. And I think that really helped the laser focus that night on what that game could have meant to us. And uh, and it came through. And we, you know, picked up a very, very important road win. You know, part of what has we had talked about from the beginning of the season, the importance of Courtney Williams stepping up and having, you know, a better year on both ends of the court. Uh, she has certainly been turning it on offensively the last couple games, but you know, with the team shorthanded in the backcourt, Courtney's been doing it. You know what? It appears to me, at least, as a uh, late more of a layperson, that she's been doing the job on both ends of the court lately. Uh, is that your feelings too? 
Yeah, you know, again, her biggest growth has been at the defensive end, and she has stretches where, um, you know, she just looks fantastic. And then there's challenges. Um, you know, that stretch alone, you, you go from guarding uh, McBride, who's strong and powerful and at times has, uh, has bullied Courtney around in the screens, and then, then in, in Los Angeles, um, you have Raquana, who is uh, really, really special, and she had a big night. She made five threes, and and uh, I believe if you look at an individual that you know made a big difference, it was Raquana. So that that challenge. Well, you know the reward after those two games and a short turnaround is to turn around and have to guard and chase Jewel Lloyd and her activity and and the miles that you put in during a game guarding Jewel Lloyd. So. Um, there's no off nights at the two guard position in this league, and you know Courtney has to guard some of the best players in the world at that position, and uh, she's really getting better. And I still think there's even a, another step for her that way. But the offensive end is is really picked up, and she's been special in spurts. And that Vegas game, uh, she was just really, really dialed in and locked in. And when she gets in those modes. Uh, you know, she's as fun a player to watch in the league as there is. So, as you look at the next couple of games, your keys, just continued consistencies, trying to stay healthy is part of it as well. J.J. needing to step up a little bit more on the offensive end and stay out of foul trouble. A.T. continue on this path. What do you see as the primary key for your team to be successful in the final four games? Yeah, it starts at the defensive end. Um, you know, from the midway point of the season, David, I feel like we found more ways every single night differently. Uh, it's never been the same blueprint, but differently of trying to disrupt teams and trying to get people out of rhythm. And when we've had some success getting people out of rhythm, we're finding ways to win. And so it all starts at the defensive end. Um, uh, New York can really get out and run again they have talented guards. Hartley's in a in a groove right now. Um, you know, playing at the two guard position, and, and Kia Nurse is an all star this year. So you have explosive two threes, and then you know they're going to play through Tina a lot, and she's going to get as many shots as any superstar does in this league. And they're going to you know they're going to play through her 15 to 25 times uh, at the offensive end throughout the game, and and everything's going to go through her. So. You know, we have to be locked in and, and have a good defensive performance at the same time. Uh, we've got to continue to do the little things on offense. We've talked a lot about screening, talked a lot about not settling and staying aggressive. And, you know, last, that last win against Seattle was the first time in a long time that you looked at the stat sheet and we didn't take a lot of bad threes. We didn't even force threes. We just were in constant attack mode and uh, got the ball into the paint and uh, was really successful. So I don't want to lose that blueprint. Three-point shooting is something I believe in and our spacing and and part of our game, but we've got to have a good balance and we've got to get the ball into the paint. Sometimes when you get the ball in the paint, it opens up those three-point shots even more. So, um, you know, it all comes down to the little things. And uh, if we start thinking about three wins instead of the next three minutes, uh, within each game, then then we're going to get ourselves in trouble. But uh, tons of effort, you know, tons of chemistry, um, staying together through the ups and downs of these last four games will will be a big deal for us. 
One last thing I wanted to ask you about, I've, you know, the the armchair quarterbacks, for lack of a better way, on on the internet had a lot of comments I saw about you playing your starters and your regulars up twenty uh, fairly early in the game in the last game against Seattle. How important is it for you to keep everybody flowing on the same page and not look at things now and saying, okay, I can get them a couple minutes of rest here or whatever the case may be that, you know, people always talk about UConn when they're winning big, uh, Gino should take out his starters, but he always talks about keeping them in a flow and keeping them consistently getting minutes together. Is it the same thing at your level and what you're trying to do right now with keeping everybody on the court? Well, first and foremost, you got to secure wins, and uh, you know that plays in first on on how you're feeling the game is going, how your matchups are going, are players locked in and dialed in. We constantly have good dialogue with our players and ask, you know, do they need a blow? Do they want a blow? Um, you know, it is. It, it, there's there's a lot that goes into subbing at this level. It's not like high school and college where the coach controls everything. There's a lot of dialogue. Uh, with your players, the other the other aspect is is that people don't realize how beat up our bench is currently. Uh, Natisha Heideman is just coming back from a a turf toe injury. Uh, he's finally been cleared. Uh, she is less than a hundred percent, and so while we're trying to get her back in the flow, we're trying to manage her minutes um, and not to reaggravate a, a, an injury that is is a tough one. It's a tough. Uh, injury to rehab it it really requires rest um, but if you don't get her a little bit of minutes she's going to lose her groove and if you don't get her a few minutes then you never get to be able to get jazz out of the game and and your other backup point guard is Alyssa Thomas so it feels like you can never get her out of the game at all with how well she's defending and she's also been the backup point guard while uh, Heidemann's been hurt so and then people don't realize how um much uh, a calf strain, a lower back injury has really led to some lower leg uh, issues with Playson since we acquired her. It's just been, re- I just feel so bad for her that she has not yet played a healthy game in a Connecticut Sun uniform. And so while we give her the first go every time, uh, it's not always easy to watch her limping around and gimping around and you know, Bree Jones played really, really well in the second half, and we're able to get her uh, a lot of extended minutes through the third and entire fourth quarter. Uh, but we didn't have five healthy players off the bench. I couldn't go with uh, Teresa in the second half, so I had to keep a starter in late. Uh, and so Courtney Williams finished the game on the court with a 20-point lead. Um, we're just, you know, with Rachel and Lasia out, we just don't have a lot of healthy bodies. So. Um, our starters understand that uh, they're going to log some extra minutes. but uh, um, So a little bit is not by design, so the armchair quarterbacks can can look at our roster and wonder why we're doing certain things, but they don't realize how beat up, banged up we are behind the scenes. Well, Coach, we got four more, and then hopefully a playoff berth. Uh, I'm sorry, hopefully not playing the first two rounds of the playoffs, so let's make that clear. And uh, it's been fun. You know, it's been a little bit of a different year. It's been a, you've you've made the use the word grind yourself. That it, you know, there's been some t- tough wins to grind out, not just the uh, blowouts. And uh, that hopefully will help the team in the playoffs. 
it's amazing some of the adversity that we've gone through this year, considering with four games left, we've equaled our win total the last two years and up to 63 regular season wins in, in the last three years and counting. And uh, it's just remarkable because they stuck together through, through some adversity on and off the court and some injuries. And, and uh, the last you know week or so have really felt good. And, and sometimes you need to feel some adversity to realize when things start to feel better. And so even after the L.A. loss, there was, there was this presence in the locker room that we recognized that we did some good things. We weren't good enough and we weren't satisfied but we did some good things and we, we felt we felt okay about each other. And there, there's this sense and, and there's this feeling right now with this team, uh, we feel better than we have um, a lot of this year where at times it felt like a grind. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where that goes. And it can always change from game to game. But uh, they certainly have really enjoyed and there's a feeling right now about this team um, that that's on a really positive vibe. So we hope to keep it going. Well, one more win tonight, and you will become the second team to be 500 or better in the WNBA on the road this year. So that that's something to look for. And uh, good luck, Coach. Let's let's get to that 500 mark on the road and earn that second spot or first spot. All right, David. I appreciate it. And uh, one at a time, but uh, we put ourselves in a good position right now. Thanks, Coach. Good luck.